Yay, good morning. <laughs> Welcome to Daily Kofefe. This is Carrie and Carter. Today is Thursday, May 23rd. And we're here. We're going to keep it short and sweet today, but we're going to do a very, I think, focused topic, right? I think so. Yeah. yeah. Um, subscribe on YouTube. Oh, yeah. Subscribe on YouTube. <laughs> Wait, before we do our our topic, I just want to, I got to give a shout out. I won't use this guy's last name, but Andrew, Andrew something who emailed, uh, emailed me. I had computer problems this morning. I was in a bad mood and your video, you sent me the video of Sargon, uh, talking about AOC, my favorite person. And, uh, it brightened my day. It was funny. And, uh, I mean, mostly AOC was funny. Sargon was poignant. But uh, watching her walk around with a cell phone complaining about uh, <laughs> gardening methods in Brooklyn was, was pretty awesome. So thank you. Sorry, Carrie, I didn't mean to ah. do a very serious discussion, but that's fine. It was, a, it was a good distraction this morning. Very cool. So what are we talking about? Well, there's lots of this kind of stuff going around right now in in the u.s lots of people dressed up like characters from handmaid's tale and protesting i guess it's in states like alabama where there's been abortion legislation passed recently and in classic social justice fashion there are there are people who feel like they're slaves and completely victimized because of these laws. They're victims of everyone. Now, I don't actually know where you stand on abortion. I think we disagree on abortion. And I think it's the opposite of what people would think from an atheist and a Christian disagreeing. But Possibly. Uh, My views on it have changed. Well, first of all, The Handmaid's Tale was my favorite book when I was a teenager. My senior quote was from The Handmaid's Tale. I've read it several times. Um, Margaret Atwood's my favorite author. I get really annoyed <laughs> seeing people dress this way because this is going to sound like an old man grumpy thing. I'm just like, I know you, I know most of you haven't read the book. What What are you out there doing? Like you don't even know. Read out of the book though too? Yes. They know it because it's a show. They know it because it became a Showtime show. Was it Showtime? I forget. Um, yeah. But but it that's all they know is the show and the first season, like ends pretty much where the book ends, and then the second season is just an SJW fever dream that was cooked up by the TV writers. Okay, <laughs> terrible. But um, it's <laughs> oops. Hey, doggies now. Okay, there's a kennel here today. They're nice. all being relatively quiet. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, it just bothers me that people don't don't even know what they're talking about or what they're representing. I just have this kind of like, you know, I don't know. It's like a purist read the book. If you're going to dress that way and I get really like, I want to go up to them and quiz them. But yeah, the book is about, it's a dystopian future. It's um, imagining what would happen if, if uh, religious fundamentalists took over in the like U S and Canada. And it's basically there's a coup and these conservative Christians overthrow the government and, you know, institute a theocracy. And there's, there's a lot of reasons why they're doing this, but the, um, there's low birth rate. 
So what they do is they start taking women who are fertile from their families and they give them to all of these rich elite leaders whose wives are barren and they mm. become handmaiden. They become the handmaiden and then they're, they're forced to carry their kids and they're separated from their own families. And so, and it focuses on one particular character. Um, it's a really great book. I, I was happy when they turned it into a series. I just, uh, I, it, because I like it so much, it sickens me to see protesters using it in this way, because you know what, there are women out there who are treated pretty similarly to how women are treated in the handmaid's tale, but it's not here in the U S for them. It's, it's, you know, you're not criticizing radical Islam with those costumes, which you could be doing. And I saw a good point on, on social media. Someone said, you know, why are they dressing like fictional characters when they're actual women <laughs> that, right. you know, <laughs> are forced to dress kind of like this and are in situations where they're yeah. basically enslaved forced to cover their entire body. And yeah. Yeah. So, um, <clears throat> I guess the other thing that they're doing by dressing this way is they're implying that this is some sort of, that the abortion laws are some sort of religious extremism. And one of the reasons that we wanted to talk about abortion a little bit today is it's a topic that you and I haven't discussed even really personally very much, uh, let alone in front of an audience. And you were unable to do the technical stuff. We had an issue with Zuby last week where Zuby and I ended up talking and we touched on abortion, but you weren't part of the conversation. So you and I still haven't talked about it. Mm -hmm. um, and to me, <clears throat> wearing these handmade tail outfits is, is an attempt to portray abortion legislation as something only a crazy far right theo theocratic Christian would want or support and and it and it puts it in a package deal uh, together with mistreatment of women and misogyny and all of these other bad things and they package it all up nicely and they they're protesting as if that's where this is coming from and one thing Zuby pointed out to me because I'm an atheist and I I kind of assumed that the pro-lifers were mostly making arguments based on a soul and a bunch of religious argumentation no and, they're not and yeah that's what he pointed out he said no they're not and i looked around afterwards and he's right they're not making that argument at all and so this is a mischaracterization and i think it's the left's attempt to avoid the very difficult tricky uncomfortable discussion of abortion as such and kind of have an actual <laughs> the reality of it your dogs have something to add <sighs> okay. Start over about your yeah. both sides thing. Yeah. So I think that the loudest people on both sides have a habit of not really listening to the other side and mischaracterizing like we often do what the other I, side believes. I, disag I disagree with that. I've looked at this. I don't think the right does that on this case. I don't think they mischaracterize the abortion, the pro abortion people at all. I think they do sometimes. How? It's not, not to the same degree. Well, okay, so let me explain. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, I'll let you explain. No, well, I mean, obviously the easiest one is to talk about the way the left mischaracterizes the right, which is um, I see in a lot of online discussions 
people on the left trying to characterize the opinions of people on the right as being a desire to control women or a belief that women are not human or that women don't deserve equal rights. They try to make it all about women, but they're not acknowledging that that's not the argument. That's not the argument of pro-life people. It's not about controlling women to them. It's a fundamental difference in the, a belief in rights and where, when rights begin, when life begins. And it's a valid disagreement and they have a good argument. And I think both sides have a good argument. That's why this is a complicated issue. Um, on the right, I do see them occasionally, not to the same degree, but mischaracterizing all pro-choice people as just women who want to celebrate abortions and who, you know, are, are, don't care for babies, don't care about babies. And like I saw, I saw part of a clip from a protest here in Austin where the, it was an InfoWars clip and the host was much more reasonable than most of the protesters who were, who were, um, protesting the abortion ban, but she did make some generalizations. She was like, you know, they want to murder baby babies, but they're here with babies. And it's like, they don't believe it's a baby though. And they haven't been, they don't, they've been, a lot of them have been convinced it's not a baby. So to say they just want to murder babies, that's just as reductive. Well, but you do see on the left an odd celebration of abortion. Like they, they were having uh what there was some recent event where they like did a thing at a graveyard and like celebrated the death of these, these babies or fetuses or whatever you want to call them. Like there is a weird sort of, I won't say weird. There is a disturbing sort of sadism from the left on this particular issue. And they may be doing it only in an attempt to rile the right that that might be, but they do do it. I, and I, yes, the right sometimes. Yes, but not all, you know? No, but a large, the mainstream does. It's like, it's, it's much more popular, mm -hmm. right? It's been much more popular. Regardless, I don't think people want to hear you talk abstractly about both sides of the abortion issue. I think people want to know your thoughts on the abortion issue. I've talked about mine. I can talk about them again if we get into discussion. I want to argue because it's fun. Where do you stand? <laughs> like, what's your history on the issue? And like, where do you stand on this right now? When I was a kid, I was raised in the Southern Baptist Church, and I believed I was I was I was I was pro-life, and um, it it was politicized. I felt like it, in me looking back on those memories, I think it was politicized in the church a little, maybe. Um, and then when I went to science and math school, oh my gosh we had to do a project uh, where we each got assigned like a contentious issue and we were supposed to do like a PowerPoint presentation or the equivalent of that at the time. And on both sides of like present both sides of the argument. And I was assigned abortion and we yep. weren't supposed to be, we weren't supposed to lean to either side. And I made mine entirely pro-life. Like, <laughs> like <laughs> I just went over, I was like, you know, citing numbers, you know, compared to the Holocaust. And it's like, I just went really hyperbolic and um, definitely had an opinion. And I, and I also have a, I, should I show this? I have a piece of art I did with like a baby crying with like a poem. Like I made this whole big display. If you have it available, sure, show it. Oh I, my I, gosh. Um, um, it's kind of embarrassing. When you grew up, I mean, you and I are similar age. It was more politicized by the church back then. It was a big issue. I, I yeah. For that as well. So it's, it's understandable. 
Yeah. Um, but so I, uh, when I left the, that belief system, which I did from around the age of 16 to 18 or 19, um, my views on abortion changed as well. Cause I was taking, I was at Duke and I was taking classes on, I was, I was a women's studies minor and I was taking, um, I was, I was taught to look at it in a different way, which I don't think is a bad thing necessarily to look at it from the direction of like, this is a woman's body. It's, it's a weird situation because you have two humans occupying one body. Right. And so from the, well, I'm explaining the way I think about it. <laughs> so you've got the, it, it's hard. It's hard for me to say. Um, it be, I, I became convinced that the woman's right to bodily autonomy was more important to protect than the baby's right to bodily autonomy because um, even though I still believed it to be murder, like killing, I didn't, I kind of viewed it, I was, I was a vegetarian at the time. This is going to sound so awful to pro-lifers, but I kind of compared it to, look, I don't eat meat and I think it's immoral to eat meat, but I don't think it should be illegal for everyone to eat meat, like imposing my views on you. And so I don't believe abortion is... I believe it's immoral, but I don't believe that we should tell women, like, how does it, how does it realistically work out? Do you physically prevent women from having an abortion? What if they take um, herbs or something? What if they, like, how do you, are you going to lock women up for doing this? Like, it just seems to me like it's, it's a conflict because you've got these two souls occupying the same space. And so it, it, um, I don't know if I'm explaining this right, but the, I, I became, um, pro-choice and pro-choice, like including, I guess I would say late term abortions for if the mother's life was in danger. However, I'll say this, I've since learned a lot of the stuff at the pro-life side here's we used to be told on the pro-choice side was propaganda. I've since learned that a lot of the stuff on the pro-choice side that you hear is propaganda. And so a lot of the stuff about late-term abortion and the mother's life needing, you know, there being these instances where the mother's life is in danger if she doesn't have an abortion. When you reach a certain point, from what I understand now, it's actually the safest option is to have the baby, not to abort, right? Like, and so there are certain things um, that I think both sides are just kind of have some wrong information and I think that they're not very open to listening to one another. Where I'm at right now, it's hard to say because I've, I've been changing my beliefs on a lot of things, um, both slowly and quickly. So on the grand scale, like slowly, because this whole transformation is take, to leave SJW belief system has taken about two or three years. Mm -hmm. But um, my beliefs on specific things are changing quickly now um, since I've become Christian. And I will bring got into it because I'm just talking about me personally. I, I am of the opinion, like the, I used to believe it was like killing. I, I used the word murder earlier, but I didn't take it as seriously as I do now. I do believe it is murder now. And, um, but should be legal. That's where you are still right now. That's where I am, but I don't know at what point I'm much more restrictive. My feelings about it are much more restrictive than they used to be. Um, I think you need a good reason. <laughs> I don't know. I'm at, I'm at this point where I just feel like it's, it is used. It's such a convenience. I'll tell you being a woman who was um, 
brainwashed into this ideology in college, mm-hmm. um, I became convinced that it was a clump of cells, clump of cells kind of thing, like at a certain point. And right. I saw women, you want to talk about callousness. I saw people on social media today, a pro-lifer had posted a picture of uh, like a little fetus. And, yeah, saw that. and there were women saying like, <clears throat> if I saw that on the floor, I would stomp on it. Yep. Like I would pick it up and throw it like one of those sticky toys. Yep. And, um, sorry. <laughs> yeah, no, I, 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 I get it. Um, I just feel like that's really callous. <laughs> and, and that's why I think that's, that's why I think that sometimes the left is doing things intentionally to aggravate the right, even though they may not mean them. Maybe that's my naivete. Maybe they really are that. I mean, I'm sure there are those kind of horrible people out there, but I think there are more people that are just horrible enough to say those things just to agitate, even though I don't think they actually would do that, but maybe they would. I mean, maybe some of these people are that way. Um, Thank you. So I didn't know where you stood on the issue. Now I know. Now everyone knows. (laughs) Sorry, I I got a little emotional. No, no, it's okay. So (laughs) rather than talk about legality, because as an anarchist, ultimately, uh, you know, (laughs) there are no laws. So, and, and as we move towards libertarianism, if we do, Uh, there are fewer and fewer laws. I just want to talk about morality for a second because there's a difference between murder and killing, right? Killing is just causing the death of something, someone, or when we talk about humans or even animals, right? There's causing the death. Murder we tend to use to mean something that is unprovoked, not defensible in a moral way. And typically... Typically, you use murder only to apply to a being that you believe has the right to life. So you don't use the word murder when you talk about hunting deer, unless you're a vegetarian activist. In a, and then you do say meat is murder because you think that being has a, a right to life and shouldn't be that, that shouldn't be infringed. So just really quickly, I just want to rewind so people understand where I'm coming from. I, like you, I, I grew up pro-life, completely pro-life in a a very religious environment. And it was uh, very politicized. I became an atheist. My initial reaction was to not right away, but eventually I flipped, did 180 degrees. I would have been with these people, probably wouldn't dress in a handmaid's tail costume, but I would have been totally pro-choice, woman's body, clump of cells, blah, 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 all the way. And as I've thought about it more, because I think as I mentioned this yesterday, I'm not wed to my conclusions, I'm wed to the process, which means I continue to think about this. And if I think we need to just step back and ask ourselves a few things. One is, if it, we should all agree that if it, is, if it is murder, if there is a being that has a right to life, then it should be wrong. Then it's, then it's wrong. If it is murder, then it is wrong. And I know that seems simple, but that means that it's wrong in all cases. That means that it's wrong if you're raped. That means it's wrong for all these other reasons. It's wrong. If it's murder, it's wrong. Now, you can make an argument that, well, if the life of the mother is at stake and it becomes like a, you know, 
you got to kill one or the other. Well, you know, that situation is what I call emergency ethics. Who really knows? That's probably a call for the doctors and family and the mother involved about who has better chance of living and what they want. Like, but that, that's not a, that, that ceases to be something that's a, that has a clear moral definition because you're murdering someone at that point, right? So this, this is a point of like, okay, well now what? We're stuck in a situation where someone's murdered or allowed to die or something. And so I think we can put that aside, but for things like rape, it's still murder. And so the, the argument about like, well, there should be an exception to rape goes away because two wrongs don't make a right. You don't say I was raped, therefore I can kill someone other than maybe the rapist. So the, uh, if, if it is, if it, if that being does have a right to life, then it is murder, in which case it's wrong and all these other weird arguments. So now the question, I think the question that people struggle with is where does the right to life come from? Right. And one thing that I concluded was it's very difficult. You can't have a moral right to life that arises from the modern state of science. Right. You can't have modern technology can't be the arbiter of when there's a right to life. So this is why I don't think birth is the line with that you can draw where the right to life starts, because you can be born earlier and earlier and earlier with technology and still survive. In fact, not long from now, you will probably be able to be conceived in a Petri dish, never exist with a biological mother. And we will have to wrestle with the question of when is it okay to terminate the pregnancy in the Petri dish? And it's not an easy question, but- That's horrifying, by the way. What? That's horrifying. That's like straight out of Brave New World. But it's going to (laughs) happen. I think it it may be horrifying, but it's going to happen. So- and again, from someone who's not religious, I look at this and I, and the reality of, let's just talk about the two extremes. The reality of late term abortion is sick and horrifying. You are killing a, you know, you are killing a baby that is just as much of a baby as a lot of born, a lot of babies that are born and feel pain. And we already know a lot of things about the neurological development of babies in, in utero. They can recognize their, their mother's voice, pop perhaps their father's voice if he's around a lot. You know, they're, they're, they feel pain. They're neurologically active. So this is, a, this, is a real, this is a real conundrum because killing a child at one month post-birth and one month pre-birth, or well, let's say a week after birth and a week before birth, there's not a lot of a difference between those two children. And so... It's arbitrary to say, well, this one's connected to the umbilical cord and this one's not, and therefore we can murder it. Because the fact that you need someone else to help you is not a, that's not an argument. You could maybe make that argument for women's rights that they should be allowed to force early term, uh, that they should be able to force an early birth if there's viability because they no longer want to be the possessor of the baby, I guess, if technology were advanced enough, you could say, well, if you're not, if you're not really putting the baby at risk, you're not really killing it by having it early and then transferring it to another incubation system, fine. But the point is, you don't want the line, the morality line doesn't depend on the modern state of science. So birth is not a good line there. And, and the fact is a newborn baby can't survive on its own either. It's attached to the mom's breast, you know, half the time. And it's, highly dependent on adults around it. So 
the dependency argument also doesn't make a lot of sense because it's the umbilical cord is just a it's a physical thing and then it becomes a metaphorical thing but it's still very real to the baby's survival so that's that end the other end is like and that's the truth about that and they don't have to be religious for that it is it's a horrible sick process look at pictures of babies that are pre-born that are nine months old or close to birth and watch look at how they actually kill that you know when they when they go in i don't want to get gross but they go in to kill the baby they rip it apart limb by limb it's recoiling and fighting because it's in pain so this is it's can i say something horrible, horrible thing what the the photos of stuff like that people on the pro-choice side when they see pro-life protesters who have those huge posters with it yeah. they get really angry and they recoil and I think now I think part of that is probably because they personally, they can't, they don't want to think about it that way. So they can't look at it. You know what I mean? Like they don't want to. I understand. It's, I don't want to look at it either. Yeah. And if looking at it for challenged my, if that visceral experience of looking at a picture challenged my fundamental beliefs, I would probably, I mean, I hope I wouldn't, but many people would naturally react very emotionally to that. So, mm-hmm. so that's that end. The flip side, and this is where I differ with the pro-life people, the flip side is the moment after conception, a couple cells, you know what? It's not a big deal. It's not cognizant. It can't feel anything. It's, it, is just, it is just a clump of cells. That argument is correct. At right after conception, which is why I think things like the morning after pill, while dangerous to be taking as a woman regularly and shouldn't be used as an alternative to contraception, is perfectly valid. You know, you have an experience that you regret, you have a rape or you have a mistake and a condom breaks or whatever it is. Yeah, take the morning after pill. Great, get rid of it. It is just a clump of cells and don't feel bad about that. I mean, unless you did something the night before that you should feel bad about, but like, no, don't feel bad about that. Where do you draw the, where does that line begin for you? Well, so this is why I think it's an interesting conversation, Carrie. And it's the conversation I wish that we were having as a society. Those two ends to me. And, and I think that is the, I'm going to argue I'll, I'll die on this hill. That's the rational position for both of those ends of the spectrum. That's, it's a pretty rational position. Now the question is like, okay, where's the line because it's somewhere between there and it's a gray area and it's a it's a it's a messy difficult question to answer and i think the answer to that question needs to come from where does the right to life begin now you could argue that the right to life happens because of a dna strand right like unique human dna right to life right away but that doesn't really track with how we treat the right to life generally like a a mass serial killer or Hitler has unique DNA strands, but none of us would hesitate to kill them in response to their actions because they've demonstrated they can't respect the right to life in others. So they're, they're not, they've forfeited their right to life at some point. So I think the discussion, and this is where I think we need to be having the ethics discussion about this, but my By the view- way, some people would disagree with you there. 
I mean, I used to. I was still Hitler or whatever. I understand. Right, right. I used to be pro-choice people, by the way. So, well, actually, no. When I was deeply pro-choice, I was also, I was a anti-death penalty coordinator. For I'm sorry, that's what I meant. I meant those are the yeah. Sorry, I meant but that that clashes with their pro-choice position. Yes, but so where was I? Oh, I so I think that the for me. The question is then, where does the right, where does where does where do rights come from? You know that that becomes a question we need to ask. And my general argument about rights is, you need to be a being that can reciprocate rights in order to have them respected. Now, granted, a newborn baby can't reciprocate rights, but there's some expectation that they will grow into that. And there in the, there's this gray. This is why this is a gray area. There's a gray area between like they have no brain at all and They've got a brain that's capable of some suffering, but can't quite respect rights. And, and there's a, there's a, there's a clearly a gray area there, which is why I think it's messy. But for me, it doesn't come at a heartbeat. For me, it's really about brain development. I care more about, is this entity like, is there a human brain that's at least in the, in its early stages of formation that can feel pain, can react to its environment, can start to cognitively process in a way that's uniquely human. And once you've reached that point, I think you can start to make an argument that like, okay, this is getting pretty iffy if you want to do something. Now I get, you could take a more callous position and say, you know, I I think if you're going to take a more callous position than that and say that, that, that suffering doesn't matter. And it's, when you're actually going to recognize rights, well, then you can kill people right up until they're, you know, 10 years old or whenever they can, like, whenever they can recognize, recognize and respect rights in other people. Like then you might as well murder newborns because they can't respect rights in other people either. And so, you know, I think it is a messy issue. I don't have the answer, but. Well, I, I want to clarify something. Position to say like these two extremes make sense. And it's in the middle somewhere, and that's a hard discussion, and that's why no one wants to have it. Right. And, and I want to clarify something because I am in the middle right now, and I just I, I heard myself saying when I was pro-choice, I was anti-death penalty court. What, I, I still am pro-choice, but I'm also pro-life. I don't know. Those categories aren't really – they don't really that's describe – I'm going to argue. Oh, no, it's you. not a cop out. It's not is a it cop murder out. or not. And when is it murder? No, I do believe it's murder, but I don't agree with you that it necessarily in our law that our law needs to reflect. Well, I'm not talking about the legal man's law. I'm right. talking. I'm talking about morally. Yeah. Yes, I think it's murder. Okay, but that's why I'd, I'm not pro-choice or pro-life. Like it's hard to explain. It's not a cop out because I don't know where I'm at right now. Well, so what? So this is to to me the challenge. I would say to you is if it is murder. So I can argue that it's murder and it shouldn't be legal because I don't, I'm an anarchist. So fundamentally I could go there if we need to, right? But I'm not going to, because I'm not advocating for anarchy right now. I'm advocating for limited government. And so in a limited government, we do actually punish murder. Murder is illegal. So what are the mitigating? I can't see if you're going to use the word murder, murder implies there's no mitigating circumstances. Murder implies an immoral punishable behavior right? It's okay to say it's killing, but if you say it's murder, but shouldn't be illegal, that opens up Pandora's box about like, well, what murder should be legal? This is just semantics between us then, because I also, I mean, I used to believe meat was murder, which I don't anymore, but I didn't go around trying to advocate for us to have laws where you couldn't eat meat because I thought it's murder. Like, well, then I mean, I, 
we should use the word killing for both. But I think both, I think it is immoral. I don't think that, I think there's a gray area about at what point it should be illegal. I'm somewhere in the middle right now. I'm not sure where that's at. I definitely oppose now, oppose late-term abortion. And I also maybe, maybe, I don't know, I'm still thinking about it, oppose abortion except in extreme, I don't know, except in extreme cases. I just don't, the way, the whole way they pushed it and sold it to the feminist movement, or the way the feminist movement sold it was that we need to make it safe, legal, and rare. Well, they've abandoned that. They don't care about it being rare anymore. And I don't know if they ever did. And now it's just like, it's like going into, um, you know, to the, de- the dentist, it's treated so callously and so um, as if it's nothing. However, you will see the women who have who regret it afterwards because it is something that it affects women differently, of course. But you will see the women who regret it. You will see like this movie, Unplanned, um, Abby Johnson, uh, and they get completely discounted. The same by by people who are pro-choice for the yep. most part. The same way that that transgender people who then say, Hey, I'm not trans anymore. And I, I wish that the medical community had not let me do this to myself, that those people are discounted as well. It's like, how dare you go back? How dare you change your opinion? You know, how, how dare you evolve as a person and come to understand something else, something differently. So I don't know, I'm evolving. My beliefs are changing quickly on a lot of things. So I think that makes sense. And I understand now you're, you're having a third category of murder, I guess, which is like murder, but then legally murder and not murder. Um, But uh, look, it's the same way some Christians uh, believe that like the whole gay marriage issue. It's the same way that some Christians are like, I don't believe it's actually marriage because I'm talking, they're talking about like the religious definition of marriage. Right. But at the same time, they're not out there in the streets protesting against legalized gay marriage because it's like that's man's law this is god's law yeah no i i understand that and and i tend to be a person who i mean obviously i don't think we should be legislating morality but i guess the the hang-up that i'm having is if you believe in a government that should make murder illegal and i'll define murder as the unprovoked killing of an innocent person who's is in you know not in self-defense then it seems like there's no more innocent person who's being unprovokedly killed, un- unprovokedly killed, than a, an eight-month-old fetus. And so I agree. So it seems odd to me that one would simultaneously argue you should not kill the, I don't know, the guy who's beat you up or committed some like actual crime or assault or like the bad guy it seems odd that you should say well you can't just go murder people who have wronged you let's say rape right the rapist rapes you then goes away you're not allowed to just go seek vengeance and murder him well if you're not allowed to do that why are you allowed to kill the child like that doesn't that seems like an inconsistent application of that philosophy legally that's all the problem here is they don't see it as a child. It doesn't matter what they see. They, they, no, no, no. It, I, it doesn't matter. No, no, but it does matter because they're ne- we're never going to get to any type of uh, understanding or compromise because they are talking two different languages. Like, that's well, what that, I'm trying to explain. Like, no, no, I get that they are. Right. But, but we're talking about what your beliefs are. And compromising your beliefs is not ever a good strategy. So the, the, You're talking the, about me personally? Yeah. Like, if you believe 
if you believe it's murder morally, why would you not also categorize it legally as murder? I do in some cases. That's why I'm, I'm pro-choice, but with restrictions, huh? But what cases don't you? Cause you're, I'm you're not so- sure yet. Oh, okay. You don't know. I, I guess I'm making the argument that like, if you're going <laughs> to advocate for murder being illegal, you need to advocate and, and you believe abortion is murder. You need to advocate for abortion being illegal because it's a morally inconsistent. It's a inconsistent. It's an intellectually inconsistent position to say, is that yeah, what you advocate for? Both being illegal. Yeah. Ultimately advocate for nothing being illegal, but in the, in the limited government model. Yeah. I, I think in the limited government model, I would argue that the law, I, I wouldn't die on the hill of exactly where that line is, but I think there should be a line between uh, conception and birth. So do I. Comes illegal. So do I. So why, why are we disagreeing? Uh, because I think you were arguing that it was murder, but should be legal. I don't think it's murder prior to that line. And I do think it's murder after that line. I just don't know where that line is. I That's, would argue maybe brain development instead of heartbeat as a, as a line, but I don't think it's that, you know, I don't think it's that. I don't get riled up too much about it because I don't think we know exactly. I don't, a, I, I don't disagree with anything you've said. No, okay. I'm confused why we're arguing. I just really wanted to argue with you about abortion. You're not letting me. I feel like we are arguing. I'm pissed at you now. Mission accomplished. (laughs) No, because I feel like you're not listening. You're not hearing what I'm saying either. Maybe I'm not saying it right. Maybe I'm not articulating myself correctly. Maybe I'm just an idiot this morning, Carrie. It's totally possible. No. People can comment in the comments explain to me what the hell I'm not understanding. Uh, but I think I didn't realize we were on the same page now. So now I'm confused. I don't know. But you say you're not pro-choice or pro-life. I kind of feel like any restriction on abortion is viewed as pro-life. Well, that's what, no, I said I am pro-choice and I am pro-life. I didn't say I'm not those things. I'm both of those things. And it's confusing because I don't know where that line is. And so I'm still figuring that out, but I do not, um, I do not believe currently today, May 23rd, <laughs> believe that abortion should be illegal. I believe it should be legal with a lot of restrictions. My mind on where those restrictions are is still being made up. But you're, when you say with a lot of restrictions, you mean also like a temporal restriction, like up to this date, it's okay. And after yes, this, it's not I okay. Do. Okay. That a, that wasn't clear to me, my fault. Oh, okay. And B, uh, I think, I think there's maybe just a semantic definition. I always assumed that pro-life meant, uh, you, after conception, you, you, it's, you think it's wrong and pro-choice meant prior to birth, it's always right. And so, but that's why those definitions are not adequate. No, they're horrible. Because there's a whole bunch of people like you and me who are not, don't fit into either of those absolutes. I think most people those absolutes. absolutes. Exactly. So I'm just going to say, look, I'm pro-choice and pro-life because screw you guys. There's no other definition. There's no other word that you're letting me have. Like you can't have a nuanced view. You've got to be one of these polar extremes. No. Yeah. Yeah. 
No, that's fair. I'll just say I'm neither. You can say you're, <laughs> there you you'll say you're neither. I'll say I'm both. Yeah, problem solved. Okay. I'm well, sorry. That was I yelling at you? I wanted to be. I, no, I wanted it to be like nice and contentious. Good. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't curse you out yet. We could do that. I'm kidding. <laughs> when we debate about God. You know, when I get most frustrated, I think it's just because I feel like I'm not articulating myself correctly so that the person can't understand me. And then I'm like, yeah, ah. is way, you're way more sensitive. Like, I don't mind getting like, get mad. We'll make up later. That's fine. Get mad. Yeah. Well, I've me. gone through a whole range of emotions on today. It's going to be embarrassing, but fair enough. <laughs> put that out. <laughs> All right. Well, on that note, do you want to do an outro? Carrie, or do you want me to do the outro? You do an outro, sir. All right. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Don't forget to Bye, hit guys. Uh, see you later. I hope you enjoyed the awkward abortion discussion.